Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Father, it's in Jesus' name I give thanks for your spirit that guides and directs, bears witness to things that you reveal. And my prayer today, God, is that relationship between men and women will be strengthened families will be encouraged and we will see your mercy in your hand and all that you do. Song spoke of failures. God today helped me to bring light to this first failure that gave rise to the Billion failures that you took care of on Calvary's cross. Decrease me now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our theme this month, our focus of ministry has been that of judgment. And I think it's important that we kind of look at how or what was the reason behind God having judgment. Divine judgment has to do with God approval or disapproval of every human act. I know New Testament tells us that every word, every thought, we're going to have to give an account for. God either approves or he disapproves of every human act. And each of us, God-created beings, will be held accountable for our action, which God will judge. And although this word judgment doesn't appear in the biblical account of creation, it stands to reason that if God, the creator, is the creator, he also must be the judge of his creation. Genesis 1 is a summary of creation. Chapter 2 is a detailed account of the creation in chapter 1. Now, I, I want to say this again because I want you to get this. If you don't get this, because I'm going to have to be deliberate today in this message. Chapter 1 is a summary of the creation. Chapter 2 is a detailed account of what was recorded in chapter 1. Now, now recognizing this, 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 this fact is vital to correct interpretation. And I want to give you a couple of examples before we get to the text. Example number one we find in Genesis chapter one, verses 26 and 27. Genesis chapter one, verses 26 and 27. Primarily, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. I also have some from the 
English Standard Version, but verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our, our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cow, over all the earth, and every and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Please pay attention to where this is. This is in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Now, early in chapter 1, God had created the heavens and the earth. He also created the animal kingdom. Later on, God created his finest creation, which was humanity, man and woman. But chapter 2 gives a full recap of the creation of man and woman that's recorded in chapter 1. All right. Now, let's look at Genesis 2. Verses 1 and 2. Thus the heaven and the earth and all the host of them were what? Finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. This passage clearly showed that creation was finished. The word finished means to cease from activity. The idea is left nothing undone. The word rested means stop pitch of work. It's not a refreshment from fatigue. The pitch is coming to a standstill and admiring what some has accomplished. Genesis 1 ends with this. Very good. It's done. Now, stay with me now. Let's go down to verse 7 in chapter 2. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into him his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living creature or a living soul. Remember now in chapter 1, verse 26, he had already done this. So this is in greater detail of what happened in chapter 1. Now, y'all with me? Yeah. Okay. Because that really is going to be important down the road. While God spoke the earth into being. A term you hear probably next month, divine fiat. God formed the man from material that he had already created. The earth. Dust. Dirt. The idea behind the image and the likeness that God spoke of in chapter 1 was spiritual attribute infused by God's spirit. They are not physical attributes, not physical similarities. Let's continue with this example. Look at verse 15 of chapter 2 with me. And I'm going to read down to verse 17. We're going to come back to this one again later on. Verse 15, chapter 2. Then the Lord God took the man 
and put them in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and uh, good and, and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Can we kind of just go back to where he said, I created man. In the image and likeness of God. The image and likeness of God gave man intelligence. It gave him the ability to make choices. But the commandment not to eat of the tree of knowledge was not was given to man before the woman was even formed. Go to the next verse, chapter 18. And the Lord said. It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. She was not there when the commandment was given. She ain't even been formed yet. Uh, y- y'all with me now? This, this, y'all with me? If y'all get this, we can go on. Come on now, we got it. Just in case you don't, let me read it again. Come on, come on, come on. And the Lord God said, it's not good, it's not good. that the man... Come on, Kay. The man should be, should be alone. alone. I will do what? I will make him. A what? Make him. Make him a helper yeah. comparable, comparable to what, Kay? To him. All right, amen. God has clearly defined the purpose of the woman. Now, I sent an email out and the church ought to be full. That this message is going to be designed to strengthen marriages. But if you have been in faith development this morning, you will understand one thing. God is sovereign. God don't ask you about your opinion. God makes the choices and then he going to hold you accountable. Don't, 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 don't get mad and leave. Just hang in here. A helper. But this helper must be comparable. Uh I didn't say comparable. Comparable. Uh The King James Version used that word. It's one word. Help me. Uh The idea is someone that will help the man meet the needs that God has instilled in him. The root word behind this Hebrew concept is divine assistant. Brothers, when you go out there and you decide you want to marry, you better make sure she ain't a demonic assistant. (laughs) Divine assistant. Because when you make that decision, it's too late to go back and say, God, it was the woman that you gave me. The English Standard Version used the word fit, which is similar to the New King James comparable. Men, I know this one is Sunday. 
If it don't fit, you need to quit. I, I, I'm, I'm not going in the lawyer case, but I'm going to play a lawyer. I had a conversation with some guys in a barbershop the other day. And basically, this, this guy was having all kind of issues. And he admitted himself it was because he made a bad choice into a relationship. Again, man, if it don't fit, you need to quit. God wanted to provide a man with someone who was a suitable companion to support him. This help, this support, included assisting this man to obey his creator. She needs to be spiritual. The remainder of chapter 2 gives an account of how God provided this helper for the man. Put the man to sleep, perform surgery, pull from his rib, fashion this beautiful thing. And by the way, ladies, you were the only thing that wasn't created from dirt. You were created from flesh and bone. That's why for those that have had giving me the blessed privilege of marrying them, I, that you're going to hear that. You, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That's what the man said when he woke up. Now let me give you a textual overview because I ain't got to where I want to get. Genesis 3 contained the accounts of this first judgment. Understand this. God done created the man Fashion the woman, the man and woman did not have a sin nature. But they were responsible to obey the commandments God had given them. Man was responsible for both the commission and the omission of what God had told them. Commission has to do with doing something. Omission has to do with not doing something. A lot of time we think we're okay because we don't do something, but if what God has told us to do is still a sin. These commandments fall in two categories then. One is to do, the other is not to do. Let's look at what they were to do, and we're going to have to kind of go back to Genesis 1 now. Remember, this is a summary. To do. Genesis 1, 28, and this is from the ESV. God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and every living thing that moves on the earth. Dominion over everything. Let me read the other portion of it. Going to chapter 2, verse 15. 
through 17. Oh, we'll just deal with 15 right now. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So here's the thing, four things to do. Number one, be fruitful. That has to do with procreation. Number two, to do. That has to do with subjection. Number three is dominion. That has to do with elevation. And number four is work. That has to do with vocation. Mm-hmm. Ladies, I want to just read verse 15 again. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Do you see woe man in there anyway? The to-do list for the man was to work. If he ain't got a job, he ain't working, don't let him be your job. Help me, Holy Spirit. It is too many of our young women taking care of men. The my baby daddy syndrome is not fulfilling what man was supposed to do. Move on, Dave. Let's look at the not to do so I can get for the defense of the woman. Not to do. Genesis 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Man was given the commandment not to eat of only one tree in a garden of many. It's interesting, though, if you read this, all of the trees were some type of fruit tree. You could eat from each and every one of these trees. But this commandment carried a death sentence if you didn't obey it. You just surely die. Adam's or the man's choice was based or determined by his trust. It would require faith to trust what God has said, regardless of what others have said, or how it appeared to be. Mm-hmm. The same is true of us. Faith is not faith until it's tested. Right. And Adam's test of trust came in the form of something that God had already created in the form of God created order. Now, point in this is sometimes people think things is of God. It may be of God, but it ain't for you. Now we go to chapter 3, which is a detailed account of the judgment. Now, the serpent. 
was more cunning than any other beast of the field which God had made, which the Lord had made, which the Lord had made. Y'all see right there? So this creature the Lord made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now we know from other biblical accounts that this serpent was the devil. We don't know how he took the form of this serpent. But we understand his purpose. And his purpose has not changed. To undermine the things of God. And to make us doubt what God has said. I was having an interesting conversation yesterday with some, some people. And I really want y'all to hear me. The family as God has designed it is on attack in so many areas. Watch what you look at on TV. Watch what your kids look at on TV. And don't let them buy into what the world is doing. That's right. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. It can be the pastor and his wife. Mm-hmm. But don't let them buy into that it's okay. Yeah. It's not okay to have sex outside of marriage. It's not okay for a man to marry a man or a woman to marry a woman. It is not okay. It's not okay to move to the next level. Y'all know what I'm talking about. None of those things are okay. The family is under severe attack because the devil knows if he can get to the family. The devil ain't changed. He plays chess. He just got a new set of knights, pawns, and bishops. But he can't get a king. Somebody got that. Verse 2 and 3 of Genesis. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but the fruit of the tree was in the midst of God. God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Stay with me, just for a minute. Much has been said about this woman's remark. It's been often taught that she lied, or she added to what God has said. Maybe that's not the case. Can can I act as the woman defense attorney just for a moment here? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I would like for you to consider the following. Could it be possible that the woman was only repeating what her husband had told her? Remember now, she was not present when God gave the man the commandment. Is it possible that the man took the responsibility for his wife's action and told her, don't you touch it? Maybe the man 
told her. And she just believed what her husband said. Hmm. Hold on. Verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that tree was good for food, pleasant to her eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of it fruit and ate it. She also gave to her husband with her. And he ate. Maybe, ladies and gentlemen, the jury, because her husband didn't say nothing, she thought that everything was right. I submit to you that maybe she didn't lie. Maybe she didn't add. Hmm. But let's look at the text. The devil challenged the validity of God's word. The devil challenged the validity of God's word. My wife was sharing me of a something she heard on a radio station where this individual, and they were supposed to have been Christian, girl called into a radio host and said that her boyfriend, who's a Christian, was trying to force her to have sex. They were engaged. And when she said no, he said, show me that in the word of God. Again, he just changes pawns, bishops. No new game. He will always challenge the validity of God's word. And like the woman, you will have a choice to believe what God has said or the devil. And if you're a Christian, just because you say, I didn't read it, I don't know, that ain't going to be no excuse because you had a choice. For all of you guys that missed faith development this morning, you had a choice. For all y'all that's going to miss it Wednesday night and the next Sunday, you had a choice. So if you stand before God and say, I didn't know it, he's going to point out a day and a time that you should have been listening to the word of God. When she heard, being like God, but pleasing to her emotional side. And when she saw all of that goodness that appealed to her physical side. Time I hold that right now. Marriage counseling one on one. Men, if you ain't figured out your woman got a physical, emotional side and a spiritual, emotional side. In other words, a lot of times us men, we try to just take care of the woman's physical emotions. When they are more in tune 
with their emotional side. Now, let, let, let me see if I can break that, break that down. We know sometimes we're good looking and we're hunks, right? And the woman looks at us and says, hmm, that's physical. But to sit down with them, to talk, to listen, that's emotional. And I don't know of a man yet that don't find that hard. But you have got to recognize that you just can't satisfy one side of your woman. Y'all can talk to me later about it in private. We'll go. So she gave to her husband with her. He eat. I can imagine that was the best tasting fruit in the world. It was at that time. It was so good to her. That physical side, that her emotional side kicked in, and she gave some to her husband as well. And her willingness to share this may have been say, well, God told me to help you. And I got something good, so I'm going to share it with you, so let me help you. I submit to you, she thought she was probably doing right. And he took it and ate. But the results, not what they expected. After they ate, suddenly things changed. Verse 7, chapter 3 said, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Yeah, their eyes was open, and they saw themselves and became ashamed of their nakedness. Can I give y'all something else in here? They attempted to take action to solve the problem by covering the very thing that made them different. Yeah, some, some of y'all missing this. The very thing that distinguishes the man from the woman they tried to cover. It's going on right now. It's going on right now. They're trying to cover up what God had created them to be. And you know what in society? It just goes over our head. It's normal. Everybody's doing it. As I don't heard from the barbershop talk, you can't tell them how to live. You can't tell them who to love. I don't tell them nothing. The word of God is right there. He created them male and female. I'm moving on. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, and then, well, it says, then they heard the sound of the Lord God. Do you hear? 
walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. When they heard the voice of God, the fear of God seeing them just as they were caused them to flee from his presence. Verse 9, then the Lord God called Adam and said, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Folks, they were naked and afraid. But like that TV show that some of y'all watch, the man and the woman were embarrassed. And God questioned them. He cross-examined them. God knew where Adam was. God knew what Adam had done. But his purpose in this cross-examination was to force a confession. And sometimes when you hear a message like this and it makes you uncomfortable, God is trying to force a confession out of you by saying, the way that I am living is wrong. Instead of saying, everybody is doing it. Then the man said, woman who you gave me to be with me, she gave up, gave me of the tree and I ate. Notice what the Lord does right there. See, if I've been God, I got all over Adam. But the Lord laid his turn to the woman and said, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me. And I ate. Three things happened here. Man shifted blame. The woman made excuse. And the devil said nothing. <laughs> Y'all hear me now. A lot of that mess that the devil leads you in, when you get caught, he ain't going to say nothing. You've been hearing all these voices to do this and do that. And when you do it, you be looking back for your help. He ain't there. God's creation had messed up. And God's reaction to Adam's disobedience was judgment upon all three. The devil, the woman, and the man. I'm going to deal with all three of the Lord will allow me the time. First of all, judgment against the devil. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above all every beast of the field. Upon your belly you shall go, and the dust you shall eat. All the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. 
I'm going to break this down so y'all just bear with me. Some believe that at one time snakes had legs. And believe it or not, there is some scientific evidence that if you, uh, for biologists, zoologists, that there are some form of growth that they believe there are legs in every snake, but they always are undeveloped. But see, it's more to this judgment than about a slivery snake. This judgment is symbolic has to do with Satan's position. He is now cursed to be the lowest of all God's created order. Now this thing about the dust, I want y'all to think with me. Snake don't eat dust. There's no nutritional value in dust. There's no substance in dust. Dust can never satisfy. This is symbolic that the devil desire to undermine God and his people will never be satisfied. He ain't going to never stop because he has this insatiable desire to have God's people fall. But it's not going to happen. Lastly, God promised that the Messiah would enter into the bloodstream of humanity through the woman whom he deceived. This would undo what the devil had done and restore the relationship between God and his creatures. Sin had come into the world through the woman, and salvation was going to come through that very vessel in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the judgment of the devil. Next, the judgment against the woman. <laughs> Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception and sorrow shall you bring forth children and your desire shall be to your husband and he shall rule over you. I did not say that. That's the word. Can I again act as ease defense advocate? Notice that the judgment against the woman is far less. Only one verse compared to the devil, and the man. Also, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I want to present another thing to you. The woman told the truth. She was deceived. She didn't hide that. This is a confession. Hmm. But we can't minimize the woman's guilt. The circumstances does not justify her action. The woman still had to suffer the consequence. But maybe we see the hand of God in mercy because he minimized her sentence. 
her judgment, her condemnation. One verse. Now let's go to the man. Verse 17. And he said unto Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, Cursed the ground for your sake, and sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns also thistles shall it bring forth to you, and you shall eat of the plants of the field. Whoa, wait a minute. Remember, he could, he could, all he had to do was eat fruit. Now he got to eat leaves. Think about that. Collops or leaves. Amen. That's just the point. I just threw it out there. <laughs> In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. Let's go over this again. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife. Listen, notice what God didn't say. God didn't say, because you disobeyed me. Even though that was true. The issue was that man placed the woman word above God. The child didn't, didn't, didn't show anything. She didn't say a word. She just offered. And he just sat there. But the man had declared earlier that this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. So ultimately, the man was responsible for sin in the world. Boom. I submit to you that those who say the woman brought sin into the world should read the exhortation that the only thing that the Bible says because she was deceived. The commandment was given to her husband, not her. Verse 20. Skip on down. And Adam called his wife name Eve because she was the mother of all living. I'm going to stop right now and I'll come back to 21. Man honored his wife in spite of everything. He gave her a name. This name is, is a, a name of high endearment. Yes, she was wrong. But Adam knew that her failure was because he did not take his rightful place. I see in this Adam forgiving his wife for something she really didn't need forgiving for. But he acknowledged his mistake by calling her the mother of all living things. You are going to help me fulfill God's commandment and be fruitful and multiply. Verse 21 says, also Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothing. God did what the woman could not do. He covered their sin. The skin had to come from some innocent animal that God had to kill. And from that skin, God made an acceptable clothing to cover the nakedness. 
This was the first sacrifice and a symbol of Jesus' shed blood on the cross. I'm just about done. What, what is this all about? What would be the message and application? Divine judgment serveth the creature and creator relationship. Genesis 3, chapter 2 says this, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil, unless he put his hand and take and also from the tree of life and live forever. Therefore the Lord sent, out, sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground on which he was taken. So God drove out the man and placed, him, placed a cherubim at the east of the garden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. This banishment from the garden or from the tree of life was God's act of mercy. He did not want the man to live in sin forever. So God the creator had already told the serpent that from that woman, the son of man, the son of God, was going to be born. And all of us who trust in him will have an ultimate victory. In closing, I want to remind you of what the Hebrew writer wrote us. It's a warning. Hebrews 9 and 27. It is appointed for men to die once, but after death, judgment. Told Adam, if you eat this, you're going to die. It took Adam 930 years, but he made his appointment. Newsflash, you won't live that long. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Ladies and gentlemen, Missouri, that's my defense of the woman. And again, we don't want to minimize her sin. But we do want to be understanding that the first judgment came because the helper really didn't help. So I charge you on this Women's Sunday to be a helper, not a hindrance. Let us stand. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.